Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzke with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at coniknetwork.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Conic Blueprint and our 20th LinkedIn Live event and our 27th podcast. We're so grateful to have you with us today. I'm Jen fitzke Gattle. Make sure you follow both of us on LinkedIn and the Conic Blueprint podcast on your favorite player. Today, we're excited to chat about the third and final episode of our series, Career Strategies for Uncertain Times. Previously, we talked about setting your professional vision, creating career guideposts, and safeguarding against adversity. Today, we dive deeper into 2023 job search trends, how to negotiate a better salary, and handling the resignation conversation. As always, drop your questions into the chat on LinkedIn. We'll get them answered. Uh, if you'd rather message Tom or me privately through LinkedIn or include in my email address, feel free to do that also. Tom, let's dig into it. Yes. Thanks, Jen, for that uh, great setup. Uh, we definitely got a lot to cover today. I, I think each topic that you mentioned for today could be a, a full hour in and of itself, but we'll get through as much as we can uh, in the time here today. But uh, we could talk for days about that. So we'll, we'll try to be concise and um, give everyone some great takeaways that we can use uh, moving forward to navigate your career. <clears throat> We've definitely seen uh, the job market change over the past couple of months. Um, it's, uh, it's one of those times of year where um, typically it does slow down because of uh, budget uh, meetings, uh, getting uh, new positions approved and the holidays. So there, there always is uh, some downturn each year. Um, and, but overall, we're definitely see, seeing some uh, strong demand for engineering and architecture talent. Uh, so we, we definitely uh, would love to uh, continue the conversation and uh, talk about uh, career strategies um, during changing times. And uh, really overall, we're still seeing strong demand for our candidates uh, on a national level. The government statistics uh, has uh, 1.7 jobs for every unemployed person. So that's down a little bit over past quarters, but still you know, definitely uh, very strong numbers and, and a lot of opportunities for each uh, person that's unemployed and anybody that's looking for a new position. Jen, before we get uh, too far into the, the topics for today, I'd love to highlight um, what you're seeing in terms of um, some some top roles and top positions you're um, you're recruiting for this month. Just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I said this last month, but it continues with this month in our MEP or mechanical, electrical, uh, plumbing positions for con for um, construction. Um, my my building engineers, my HVAC engineers. Um, I, I have positions both for licensed engineers as well as unlicensed engineers, both in um, mechanical and plumbing and then also electrical. Uh, and then I need a project manager, a mechanical project manager for capital equipment if they're junior in their career, like five-ish years, which I know is probably more mid, considered mid, but um, sure. still junior overall if you're going to work 40 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely need somebody for that too. All of these are in Minnesota. I need one licensed electrical engineer in Dallas. So if you know anybody that does power distribution and lighting in Dallas, or if you're in Dallas, 
listening or watching this, let me know. Awesome. Great. Great summary. And always new positions coming in. Uh, that's uh, that's a great recap of what you have uh, for the month. Uh, so looking at the the past few years and, and uh, kind of talking about trends a bit in the job search, Jen, you know, a lot has changed since 2020, of course. And one of the biggest uh, changes I think we've seen for our industry, a lot of industries is um, the digital transformation and, and automation of our economy. So many companies uh, are able to do business. Uh, so many people are able to, to make their uh, purchases and their day-to-day -day projects. So, so much of that can be done online, much more than, than it used to be. And uh, with the, the automation transformation, things uh, seemingly can be done easier and, uh, and, and with much more ease than before. Um, curious how you've seen this playing out, playing out in the job search, Jen. Uh, any themes that you're seeing that, that um, are continuing through 2023 uh, around anything digital or what that, what that means in terms of the interview process uh, moving forward? Yeah. Um, so AI is kind of, it's taking over everything, of course. And it kind of, it makes sense. If you think about, we've got the millennials in the workforce, of course, Gen Z is entering the workforce by 2025. HubSpot said that they're going to make up 27% of the global workforce and 54% of them are not going to complete long online job applications. So I went on a couple of websites and I looked at their applications and they're shorter than they used to be. They're way than they used to be. Okay. Um, and that's good. They needed to be. I mean, there were, I, I remember being in, um, in meetings, recruiting meetings, and we were talking about just how long they are. They're pages and pages and the drop-off rate was really high. So that's, that's better. Um, and along with AI, there's automated resume vetting. So candidates really need to make sure that their resume uses the keywords that are on the job description when explaining their achievements and experience. I'm not saying write your resume like it is the job description and using and saying that you have experience that you don't have. I'm saying with the experience that you do have, make sure that you're matching it um, because it, there are going to be, there are some companies that still have people reviewing your resume you know, by a person as we do, but there are companies, really large companies that use chatbots mm -hmm. in their AI software and they're looking to, to match those keywords. Um, so then, oh, and then there, I was reading that there are, uh, AI is also being used at some companies in software to make internal referrals easier. So mm -hmm. your friend at company A just has to go into that system and, and open up the chat bot, enter internal referral and put your information in that way. Um, automated messaging, this is how it will affect the candidate in the process. Um, automated messaging is being used to schedule interviews. A, a huge frustration of candidates has always been, I'm not hearing anything, I don't hear anything, I don't hear anything. Um, so they're immediately getting replies to their resume. They might get um, quicker replies on a decline if they're declined. Um, so just automated messaging. If they're getting scheduling interviews, they might get an email or an automated message to schedule the interview before they even talk to somebody. So, you know, our, our generations that grew up with automation and grew up with um all of the technology, they're a little more comfortable with that. I think 
us on the recruiting end, our focus can be there still has to be a connection. There still has to be that re- we we're humans like connection. Sure. Right. We're creatures of connection. So there still needs to be that still make me feel important. So I think mm-hmm. that's a challenge that we can that we can meet on our end. Yeah. And even from a from a candidate standpoint to 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 separate someone and, and help themselves stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a as a better candidate is to there there are ways to circumvent uh, everything being automated and, and build a, a personal relationship with uh, an HR representative or hiring manager through through phone calls, right? Yep. And I think a candidate making a phone call to a hiring manager or to HR first uh, used to be more common um, in years past, and it's it's less so. And I, I for me, I only see upside to that. It's uh, so we can do, do no harm by leaving um, a friendly, inviting voicemail asking to talk about a position or learn more about it. Uh, definitely brings out, I mean, maybe a, the, the candidate's personality, um, which AI and, and any chatbot just, just doesn't pick up on, right? They're not going to capture. I'd be interested in our audience's reaction to that if they're willing to make a comment, because I think we have some HR leaders on here. If, you know, how that's perceived. Mm -hmm. Um, So feel free to send your messages in on that. Um, And until you do, some other things would be um, virtual and uh, in live recorded interviews. Um, My son, when he was applying for part-time jobs, he had to record uh, his answers to pre-recorded uh, interview questions. They were live. It was a person. And then he would have, he sat and he recorded his answers and then somebody on the other end watched it. Um, so there's more of that going on. And of course, during the pandemic, we, a lot of us got used to doing the virtual interviews, but if you haven't done an interview since the pandemic, that's going to be new to you. So mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of tips out there about what you can do to prepare for a virtual interview. Um, I can talk about that more in detail if if you want, or people can message me yeah. and I can send you my tips. But um, yeah, you're you're we're still seeing a fair amount of video interviews, live video interviews, yeah. whether it be on Teams or Zoom. A um, lot of our first interviews now are are all virtual. Yeah. 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 I think in the, in the job search process too, for, for candidates who are able to um, watch company videos to get an idea of the the culture of the environment and uh, perhaps uh, the CEO president or even hiring manager would record a video, have it in the ad or have it on the, the mm-hmm. career website so they can really get a, get a firsthand um, experience of what the culture is, what their, what the leadership style is and, and uh, help them through their decision process of, of applying and, and uh, moving forward in the in the process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in my last kind of thought on that, well, not my last one, but the last one I'll mention right now is just the use of social media to promote mm-hmm. career opportunities and where where is your audience going to be for your opportunities. And with this generation, of course, right now it's all about TikTok. You know, do you have a corporate channel that's, that's, uh, that allows candidates to apply for a position through that social media channel. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that as well, where you're going to find your positions, where you're going to be applying for positions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, great point. I think 
I think in general, everyone is is underestimating TikTok and, and where it's going to go in the next few years, assuming, mm-hmm. assuming it isn't uh, banned for national <laughs> things. But, I mean, I've heard about Be Real. I haven't gone to look at it yet, but I've heard that's yeah. kind of the next one. But yeah, yeah, um, from, really from both sides, but more so in the for recruit, recruiting teams, HR teams, they, they always need to think about you know, where, where are the candidates and yeah. so many for currently younger demographics, where are they? They're, many of them are on, they're on TikTok or similar, uh, similar social media tools. And, and mm-hmm. you know, next year, there will probably be a, another one um, that'll, that'll spring up. Um, yeah. Certainly from a recruiting standpoint, that's, that's great. And, and um, you know, LinkedIn, like I, I certainly think people um, that are in the, in the job search process, they certainly go to LinkedIn. Absolutely. But in terms of, you know, think about minutes that people spend in each uh, platform. Um, certainly, uh, LinkedIn has some. Uh, I'm sorry, TikTok has some great opportunity. And, but certainly, LinkedIn is is the king uh, of uh, professional networking. And that's when someone is really in that mindset and in that um, frame of reference. That's that's most likely where they're going to go. So, by all means, uh, LinkedIn is still extremely strong. Um, yeah. place to be both on the candidate side and, and the recruiting side, right? For sure. Absolutely. Yep. You know, I was thinking about this. So you and I have been helping candidates through their interviews each for over 20 years. Yeah. I think we started when emails and fax machines were, we were working from resumes there before you know, people sending us through the mail before email. Yeah. What's one piece of advice that you'd give a professional who's preparing for their technical interview? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so a lot has changed in, in 20 years. You know, I was thinking, do you remember before casual casual Friday was a thing? Yeah. Remember, I mean, dressing up Monday through Friday in a suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, I remember um, we'd run ads in the Star Tribune and oh Monday would get a couple envelopes in. But Tuesday, that was like you couldn't wait for the, the mail person to come because you'd find those, find those envelopes and, and start, uh, dialing as soon as you, as soon as you could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. We've, uh, been around longer, Jen, than we like to admit, but it's, it's fun to look back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What's one piece of advice for, for technical interviews, you know, when you mentioned, you use it, the term technical interview. So oftentimes that's, that comes after the HR interview, um, technical interviews really kind of getting into the weeds of, of someone's knowledge and expertise. And, and for that, you, of course, you know, do your research. I think that, that goes without saying, but what I like to point out is, is referring to the job description that you initially applied to the advertisement, um, and looking down underneath the qualifications and, you know, typically the education is going to be there, maybe a number of years of experience. That's really good. Um, Going into the technical interview, you've already crossed off those two bullet points. You've already made it past that. Sometimes, many times, it's it's the that third and fourth bullet point. It's it's getting into industry experience. Uh, if it's a building engineering role, Jen, maybe it's the the type of building that someone has experience in. If it's in manufacturing, let's say a medical device company. It's the the type of medical device, uh, what class, class one, two, or three, and um, it's technically it's really getting into perhaps the materials that someone has used in, in engineering and manufacturing and uh, the different type of uh, manufacturing methods someone has experience in. That's really, for me, 
in preparing for the technical interview is really thinking about that and, and how would you answer questions around that? You know, what, what type of experience do you have in dot, dot, dot? And then the, the third, fourth, third and fourth bullet points will uh, give you clues in terms of what, what types of questions will come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Well, not push back. Yeah. I'm going to add to that a little bit Please. because with diversity and inclusion um, being more of a, 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 not a concern, but a, a forefront um, it, issue that companies are, um, I want to choose my words carefully here, but they're just paying more attention to it as, as it needs to be. And with the, um, and that we've talked about this on previous podcasts about sure. that uh, women especially feel that they need to meet a hundred percent of the job requirements before they'll apply. Um, mm -hmm. And so maybe the third and fourth bullet point, somebody doesn't meet. So one of the things that I always talk about with candidates is it's okay if you don't meet all of the requirements of the position, but of the ones that you do, have examples ready to give your experience, including, and not just the job, not just the project, here's what we did, but go beyond that. What were the lessons learned from that project? Make sure you have a project that didn't go good, that didn't go well. What did you learn from it? Uh, and not being afraid to be vulnerable um, and taking accountability for, for what went wrong, as well as taking accountability and giving praise um, to your team if you were on a team when things went well. Um, so those were the things that I, I wanted to mention is just having those examples, those lessons learned. And then if you don't meet all of the requirements, still apply, make sure your job, make sure your experience is relevant. I know there's people on here right now who are getting the resume because we get them, uh, hundreds of them, people that apply just to just so somebody can read their resume like, oh, I just thought I'd send it in. I know I don't I don't uh, qualify for the job, but I just thought I'd apply anyway. I, I'm not going to email that person back. I don't have time. There's too many resumes to review in a day. Um, but if you are kind of if you're close, go ahead and apply. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you, you, you touched on, on that. It's you're you're in the interview, you gotten past, assuming you've gotten past the HR interview and now you're in the, the technical interview that any manager just be curious, how did you handle adversity? Um, mm -hmm. and it make it into, you know, why did you leave your last position? Um, diff, different, you know, how did you handle a project that didn't go well? I think to your point, you're kind of, you're, you want to, you want to be vulnerable, be be honest, um, and uh, have a you know, solutions mindset. Say this didn't go well because you know, this could have gone better. I could have handled this a little bit better. This is what I learned. Those those types of responses. Absolutely, absolutely. Great, fantastic, great. And then uh, just a quick reminder again uh, to live viewers: drop any questions you have in the chat, and we'll get to them as soon as possible. If we get, uh, we'll get to them today and. If not, we'll definitely follow up right afterwards uh, to make sure you have uh, all your questions answered. Let's turn a little bit to the job offer stage and negotiating compensation. This is um, definitely another one that we definitely could spend an hour on just walking through this. this you know, Jen, you know, there's 
different scenarios, probably as, as many scenarios as there are job offers. Uh, everyone is, is very unique down to the candidate, very unique from the perspective they're coming from, um, the current role, the current compensation someone has. And then every company is unique. They have uh, their unique profit sharing plans, unique 401k, uh, unique uh, culture, training, uh, opportunities, advancement opportunities. So it, it really, if every, every offer is, is different. And for most candidates, this, this step can be uncomfortable. No one enjoys talking about money. And especially I think in the Midwest, we just don't <laughs> enjoy <laughs> talking about negotiating pay and, and money. It's just something that we avoid. And, and, um, we're, we're simply not outspoken, uh, when it comes to, to money and how much we, how much everybody makes and, and, uh, et cetera. So it can be uncomfortable, uh, but certainly a lot of upside, uh, to getting more comfortable and learning a little bit how to negotiate the salary, PTO, total compensation. Uh, Jen, what advice might you give someone who, let's say they received a good offer. Let's say for, for example, is they're asking for 110 and it, comes in around 110, maybe a little bit lower, maybe right at 110, but they know, gosh, after interviewing, you know, I, I, I would really like a little bit more, um, as they learned throughout the, the job, uh, search process. What advice you, would you give to someone that, uh, receives an offer, uh, but feel that they could, uh, negotiate for more? Yeah. First of all, I like the idea of, um, they're doing it because they learn more about the job. Maybe the job is it has a lot more responsibility than they thought that it was going to have or that it initially was posted. Maybe the company found out that you can bring more to the position, but your offer is in line with the other um, with the initial job. A couple of things that we've helped candidates with in the past is, um, companies might push back because, you know, that that particular job title is in a particular pay grade. One, have reasons for why you're asking for more. Um, two, be ready to um, suggest alternatives. Maybe the title needs to be a higher level. Maybe you interviewed for, you know, a mid-level position. You're really a senior level position. So maybe the title needs to be senior so it can bump you up into a different pay grade within the company. Mm -hmm. So as you are going to a, your current manager and, you know, they always say, don't come to your manager with problems, come to your manager with an issue and solutions. Same thing for a negotiation. Go in with a solution. One, the reasons why you're asking for it Two, go in with your counteroffer and be confident um, you know, you're asking for it for a reason. This is where you see your value. You also have to keep in mind mentally, what is your walk away number? Um, if your walk away number is 110, you're not going to accept anything lower than that, then that's your number. If they're not mm -hmm. going to come up to 110, you know, maybe they'll get a sign. A lot of what's happening. Oh, let me finish the other thought. Um, benefits. Um, the easiest benefit to negotiate is time off. That's what I found. Uh, yeah. you know, you're not going to negotiate a 401k match. It, I mean, that just is what it is because of yeah. um, So time off is generally the easiest thing. Or if you're working hybrid, um, a lot of our clients are not doing full remote anymore. So they're doing hybrid or they're flexing. If, you, if they want you on site, they might allow one day a week, like 
for family issues or whatever. Um, so those are the easier things to negotiate. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I already forgot what I was going to go back to. But um, so those are those are my tips on, on yeah. negotiating that. Yeah, yeah, I would I, I agree hundred percent. I, I I would um, I would just add to that the when you're thinking about the the reasons for a pay increase as much as possible, make it a professional reason or a yep. business reason. You know, for example, if let's say in the example, you're looking for 110, but it comes in at 105 and you're currently at 105 right. and maybe they're offering a week less benefits. That's an easy ask to get it mm -hmm. to get asked for 110. Um, what you want to avoid is, well, I just bought a new nicer house or I bought a nicer car. So I need five, like that's, that's going to kind of fall on deaf ears. But if you make it more business related and Mm -hmm. to your point, something you learned through the job search process, maybe you learned that it is a higher level position, kind of comparing what you thought it was versus what it actually is. It takes more, more hours of its salary, more hours per week, um, takes a higher level of, of engineering abilities than what you originally thought it was. Those are all points of, of strength, maybe I'll phrase it, a, a position of strength, like, oh yeah, that, that makes good business sense why you'd be looking for higher salary, kind of make it, make it easy for them to see why from a business um, standpoint, uh, why you might be looking for something more. Right. And I'll say too, so we, I work a lot in the technical and the engineering field and a couple of positions that are just kind of expected to uh, counter because they want to see what your negotiation is like are my project managers and sales engineers. I mean, those are a given. Those are going to pretty much be, they're going to try to negotiate that. And the client expects it. Unless I tell the client, I told one the other day, I said, just come in with your best and final offer. Just please come in with that. This can't, you know. Yeah. For that particular case, that was that was the situation. But otherwise, those positions are generally expected to. Yeah, fantastic. So, so the last topic we'd like to cover today is the resignation. You've accepted the job. You're all excited. So now, what you have to resign and give your notice. So, with that conversation, Tom, what are some of the best practices to communicate that to your your current manager? Yeah, great, great question. And, and again, this this step is can be can be very challenging. It's it's a very emotional process. I think every candidate, you know, we we try to be very mindful that this step is a really big life event. It's it's I like to say it's similar to who you're going to marry, what what part of town, what city you're going to live in. It's it's a very um, very important topic. So, uh, you know, deciding to start your job search and, and this day where you decided to, to resign is, is, uh, certainly isn't the, the heaviness of it, the, the importance of it certainly isn't lost on us. Uh, but once you've made that decision, you know, this is the opportunity I want to take, this is going to be better for my career. This aligns with my career vision. It's going to get me more excited, uh, help, help me, um, advance in my career, then at that point, you, the, I think the one, one bullet point is just be firm and, and be resolute in your, in your decision. And then in the way you communicate it, just try to be as firm as possible. And, and you want to leave the company on, on a high note and you want to make it be a very good experience. So certainly offer as, uh, and as much notice as reasonable. Two weeks is still very 
very common. And, and if the company asks for three weeks, then you can go back and be open to that idea. Um, and definitely put it in writing, of course, you know, like we've mentioned, Jen and I used to work off of paper resumes and <laughs> perhaps a resignation letter doesn't need to be printed out or have a notary public on it. You don't need to make it that, but an email certainly is, uh, I think, I think more acceptable than it used to be. Um, and in that email, you feel free to uh, mention, you know, ask to set up a time to talk, uh, let them know you're, you're happy to talk about this, this in person and, and make sure that you keep a, a great relationship or a good relationship with your manager. Um, and you, you have, of course want to do that. So th those two points, you know, be, be open, um, and uh, when you write it out, it's, it just makes it a little bit more official and make it more, more, um, more of a firm decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. My, my other piece of advice would just be, um, like you said, it's, it's going to be emotional for both parties. So try to keep as much emotion out of it as you can and keep it professional. You know, you might have you and your manager might not get along and you might be tempted to say, you know, I can't, you know, we just don't get along. Da, 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 da. Don't do that. Just thank them for the opportunity to work there. You know, you've learned a lot in your time there, but at this point you're, you know, you're going to move on to another opportunity. Keep it as above board, take the high road, all of that, because you never know what's going to happen in the future and when you're going to cross paths with that person again. Um, and you want to main, you want to maintain being civil and being professional at all times. I don't care how poorly you think that you've been treated. Take the high road, be, mm -hmm. be the better person in that situation. Um, yeah. I can go on and on and on about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So we break that out into an episode in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> yes. Well, we'll we'll uh, leave it there. Uh, are we good wrapping up? Yeah, this is a good conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This has been a, a great uh, conversation, uh, the part three of uh, Career Strategies for Uncertain Times. Message Jen or me on LinkedIn anytime with follow-up questions on these important topics. And if you're on LinkedIn, uh, go to our page, uh, Conic. If you go under the uh, event section, uh, all of our 20 live events will be there, range, wide range of topics there. Uh, I'm sure several of them uh, would be of interest to you. And uh, we hope you took a couple takeaways from this episode that will help you in your job search. Uh, again, a quick reminder, follow us on LinkedIn and then follow us on the uh, Conic Blueprint podcast. And then, uh, of course, check out our latest jobs at ConicNetwork.com. We'll see you next time, everyone. Bye. See you guys. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint. Brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at ConicNetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Podcast.